Welcome to Short Talks, a podcast for graduate school applicants. There's a lot to think about when applying to PhD programs, but we'll try to keep this short. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Project Short Podcast. This week, we'll be talking about interview follow-ups for the PhD interview process. And I'm your host, Rena Kim. I'm an immunology PhD graduate student from University of Pennsylvania, and I graduated in 2023. Currently, I'm a life sciences specialist at a strategic consulting firm called LEK. Here I have my two special guests, my colleagues from the immunology program at University of Pennsylvania, Dr. Sarah Maddox and Eileen Goodwin. Thank you so much, both of you, for joining. Happy to be here. Yeah. (laughs) It would be great if both of you can give a little bit of introduction about yourselves. Sure, I'll go first. So I... I am from Texas. I began doing biomedical research in high school and all through my undergraduate career at Texas A&M University. And then I worked as a lab manager at uh, UT Health in San Antonio for several years before doing my graduate work at the University of Pennsylvania, studying intestinal microbes and their effect on autoimmune risk and immune development. And now I am a postdoctoral researcher at Amgen in South San Francisco. Uh, I, I defended in October of 2023, and I've been at my current position for almost a year. Amazing. Thank you so much for that introduction. Eileen? Yeah, I I did not do research in high school. I went to a high school in the middle of nowhere. But when I went to college, I went to Dartmouth College and started doing research about halfway through when I realized if I wanted to go to grad school, then I should probably have some research experience. And then I didn't go directly into graduate school. I spent two years working for a mid-sized biotech company. I actually got a position that was specifically intended for people fresh out of undergrad who wanted to go to graduate school. So it was like a two-year you work for us a bit and we will help you get into graduate school kind of gig. Yeah. And then I ended up at UPenn, have yet to defend. So that's where my story ends for now. <laughs> great. Thank you so much for that background information. Again, it's really great to have both of you join today to talk a little bit more about the follow-ups after a PhD interview. So Currently, a lot of applicants are going through the application process and the interviews are occurring either virtually or in person. So I wanted to dive a little deeper into what to do after an interview. I would say that initially after an interview, I personally really like to self-evaluate. Some people do this and some people do not. Eileen and Maddox, do you mind talking about whether or not you guys engaged in this or not? Yeah, so I didn't do any sort of formal evaluation process. Honestly, the interview season is packed so tight, and especially since I was working a, a job, there wasn't a lot of time for a formal evaluation process. But I did try to uh, think about my successes and perhaps moments of growth, both during the actual interviews, like the kinds of questions that are useful to ask and the kinds of answers people seem to to respond well to and try to improve my performance in the next interview process. That's very informative. Thank you for providing that perspective. Eileen, how about you? What was kind of the process for you after an interview? 
Well, I I would say pretty similarly. I didn't have any kind of formal reflection on how an interview went because at the company, everybody knew that we were going through all these grad interviews, like people I worked with would check in and say like, oh, how did it go? And so it was a lot more of a, a social thing for me because other people were also interviewing. Um, so we would get together and like swap stories about about how interviews went. I do, I do remember one one time when this was actually after my first interview. And of course, I think you two can contradict what I'm about to say, but I think your first interview, you don't know what to expect. Mm-hmm. And you have nothing to gauge it against. So if your first interview ended up being kind of weird, especially in retrospect, like you didn't know that at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> absolutely true. My first interview was the weekend of Trump's inauguration. Ooh. So everything was weird. It was just upsetting. And yeah, moving forward and interviewing at other places, it's like, oh, it's not always that stressful. So yeah, you'll gain more data points over time. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I think over the course of of doing all these interviews, my approach to it shifted from being so desperate to come off as well as I could, right? Like to put put your best foot forward to more of a more of a self-focused interview where I'm really trying to figure out if I will enjoy working here for the next five plus years. Yeah, I really agree with that. If you've gone to the in-person interview stage at a university, it there's a high, you know, a, a pretty high chance that they're going to make you an offer. It's not it's not 100 percent. I didn't get offers from all of the schools that I interviewed at. But, you know, it's pretty clear that they think you're a good candidate. So honestly, it's important to, to think as much about whether that school is and the research there and the people there are a place that you can thrive as it is to evaluate your own performance because you're interviewing them just as much as they're interviewing you. Yes. And I think that's a really good statement there. Initially, I also went in preparing myself and stressing myself out for the interviews. And then over time, I realized, oh, yes, I'm also interviewing them as much as they're interviewing me. And I started to ask a lot more questions that felt important to me when trying to decide on a school. And also going back to self-evaluation, for me, it was also an informal process. I was part of an NIH postdoc program where they put us into groups and gave us tips on how to prepare and tips on what to do after an interview. Some of the questions that they wanted us to pour over after the interviews included asking myself, what do you think went well? Did it go well? How could you do be better? What kind of questions did they end up asking? And how could you make your answers a little bit more clear and concise, etc.? But at the end of the day, it did come down to, in addition to the questions I I become kind of familiar with what kind of questions should I ask them to know better about the program. And that was really helpful, making the interview seem more like a conversation and also um, appearing a lot more interested in their program. That is very important to the program as well, because they want to select for um, applicants who would be interested in really joining the program and be a 
big part of the community. After the self-evaluation, then another common question that comes up after an interview is, should you follow up um, with an email, thank you email? So I wanted to turn the question over to both of you as to whether you remember doing this or didn't end up doing this at all. No. <laughs> no, did not, not even once. I mean, of course, I'm not uh, faculty involved in recruiting students now, but mm-hmm. I, I think they just have so many students that they're going to be interviewing that I, I really don't think it makes a difference or even that they necessarily notice if you do send in email. I think if you have like specific follow-up questions pertinent to the interview and maybe if you like really connected with a certain faculty member or student then if you feel inspired to do so Mm -hmm. uh that might be a me a good move but i do not think it is in any way necessary and or expected Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah i also i I kind of agree with with eileen i think I, i don't remember sending out a lot of follow-up emails with the people that I interviewed with, which was a real random assortment of people. A sort of a template, boilerplate, thank you for interviewing me, you know, it's probably not going to make a significant impact. I do think that it could be useful to follow up with people that you really made a connection with, whether that be inside of the interview process or outside of it. There were faculty members at multiple institutions who I had conversations with at dinner or, you know, at some of the social events, or maybe we did have an interview and we really connected. I think following up on and and shoring up those connections is probably most important. So and in that way, you can be specific. Really enjoyed talking to you about these things at dinner or the social hour or, you know, on the tour. Thank you so much for well making me feel welcome and, you know, all of that. I think that that could be really useful. I don't think it can hurt to send out emails to the people that you interviewed with. I just don't know that it, it's going to make a huge impact unless it's specific and personal, which isn't possible for every interview. Yes, I also agree with that, uh, Maddox, as well. Uh, email that is a lot more personal um, and for someone that you really made a connection with is going to have more of an impact. But it's also not a bad idea to send it if it makes you more comfortable and you feel you didn't do as well. It also gives you peace of mind. And it's also a good way to just show appreciation for their consideration and to reiterate your interest in the opportunity. In the case that you do send emails. There are a couple helpful tips. I would say that in standard, we've heard it's important to send it pretty early, like within one or two days of the interview, just because as Eileen reiterated, the faculty meet a lot of students. So if you send them an email way later, they're not going to really remember who you are, or by that time, they would have already turned in their recommendation for whether or not the applicant should be included in the incoming class or not. So I think timing is pretty important. And then 
If you feel like you did make a personal connection, take notes of what that interaction looked like and incorporate that into the email and make it more customized. I think there's a lot of examples out there in the internet to help draft that up. And the Project Short mentors can also help um, the mentees with that if they have any questions. You have our email, so can definitely reach out. So then moving on, wanted to cover the last topic, which is how to respond or whether to respond when students or faculty from these programs that you interviewed with reach out to you. So I wanted to get your guys' perspectives um, on this. I mean, yeah, you should you should definitely respond if you get a phone call or an email follow up. A lot of these things are pretty customary. And again, it's sort of that boiler template. You know, different universities do it in different ways. Some of them will send you a buddy and who's a student in the program or there might be or they might ask a faculty member who you had a particular rapport with to reach out. I've seen that before. Even if it's not a school that you are particularly interested in, there's certainly no harm in being cordial because even if you don't end up going to that school, having connections and a good rapport, you'll see these folks again in all likelihood at conferences and they might come as speakers to your school so maintain you know starting networking early is not a bad idea mm-hmm. that's really helpful information that's the right answer <laughs> i'm trash at emails just all throughout everything so i absolutely received emails from faculty members at multiple schools including penn and did not respond but yeah, I still got it. Important <laughs> to point out here that a lot of this, this etiquette, don't stress out over it too much. Yeah. Right. Most message. Once you've gone to the interview stage, like I said, unless you do something really egregious or, you know, the school is just has a really tight, maybe interviews way more people than, than they can get in. I think that, you know, a lot of these more minor details, although again, they don't hurt. Certainly, they're probably not going to have a huge impact on whether or not you are made an offer. And so if it stresses you out to have to reply to emails from people you don't know, if answering the phone stresses you out, don't worry too much about it. This is not the biggest factor. You've done the hard part already. So if it provides peace of mind to initiate contact or respond to contact, do so. But honestly, they're not expecting a ton, especially when they know that the interview season is really busy for a lot of people. So just like don't add that to your plate if it's going to cause you more stress than it's worth. Mm. Yes, I also agree with that sentiment because also for me, when I got these emails from the faculty members, it made me a little nervous and took me a while to try to respond for that specific faculty with the phones. Uh, definitely. I, I know in this day and age, it's sometimes hard to pick up the f- call from some random number that you're not expecting. And chances are they'll either call you back or leave a message. Do not stress too much about these processes. At the end of the day, you put in your best into your application and your interview and the interviewers and the committees will take everything into consideration and you'll be successful in the programs that you really wanted to enter into. So with that, I would like to thank both my special guests, Maddox and Eileen, for joining. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for the the invite. This is fun.
All right. It's too much after the interview. Really, everything's already done. Now you just have a big choice yeah. to make. Yeah. You've done the hard part. You did the application. You smiled through the interviews. You ate all the fancy food. Yes, that's important. Wait for the offers to roll in and think about the food in between interviews. Do it. (laughs) (laughs) You eat so much rich food on these interviews and then your body by like the middle of February says, just stop, please. Are you done? You take antacids on (laughs) everything. Self-care is important. Yes. <laughs> All right. So if you enjoyed this podcast, please join us for the next podcast where we'll be having the two same special guests talk about choosing the right program, the PhD program for oneself. Thank you so much. This was your host, Trina Kim, and see you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of Short Talks. If you'd like to learn more about applying to grad school, you can find additional resources on the Project Short website. Hope to see you again shortly.